You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Emmy Tarek. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jamie. I'm excited. I'm so excited also. You guys, this man is mad. Is mad. That's all I have to say. I mean, you guys are going to learn so much about him, but he's very special. You are very special. Thank you. I don't think so, but... You are. You really are just this unique unicorn of a man. (laughs) Um, Okay. So before we get into... We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about business. Um, But let me tell you guys just a little bit about Emmy before I ask him a million questions. So Emmy... Tarek is the CEO of Web Matrix Group and is a number one Wall Street Journal best-selling author. He specializes in helping people build brands that can be monetized whilst building trust. He lives in Florida with his four cats. Okay, so I love you. Your cats must be very special to you. They are very special to me. I love them. What are their names? Ash, two. Did I ask them because you can fucking one? Then Kiko and Aria. Oh, very sweet. Um, okay, so can you tell us a little bit about <coughs> about what you do for people, your business, how you got here, and then I want I want to hear about your book, and then we'll get into some relationship tips. Hold on, everybody, just get through the. I mean, my audience is mostly relationship people, but. He has an amazing business and he has an amazing inspirational book. And then this man, I don't think I've ever spoken to any man ever that has the best relationship tips in the world. Okay. So take it away. Okay. So about my business, what I do is I help people build their digital footprints out because the first thing anyone will look at, whether you're doing business with them, friendships, or um, even prospective dating, is they're going to look you up on Google or social media. They want to see what you are like on the web, everywhere, and even do background checks on you even. So what, even if you don't know what you come up in background checks and then do basic reports, it's important to know because if you've got something negative, you want to clear it out beforehand because you don't want someone's first impression to be something negative. You can you should bring it up depending on the situation, like especially with a partner or potential partner, you just show that. But if a client, you don't need them to have all your laundry, basically, which is often in background reports. So my thing is, is clear out everything, build your what the first perception to give yourself the foot in the door to earn someone's trust and see how you can um, basically do what you need to do to help them scale. Okay. And you've been doing this for how long? Since 2017. So five years. Okay. And I know that your company is very successful and... I also know that you have a book that is very successful. And so tell us about this book, The Pyramid of Trust, correct? Yes, The Pyramid of Trust. So basically, long story, go back to my backstory. My parents died by the time I was 21. So I had to build from nothing all the way up to get into the U.S. from the U.K. My dream was to live in the U.S. and leave the U.K. I don't like the U.K., so a lot of people love it. If you, I think it's great for tourism, not to live personally, but that's my opinion. But with that, what happened is, is I made a lot, I lost a lot of money. I lost millions of dollars. I had to start from scratch again. Made millions, lost it again. 
So I was like, okay, what is the one thing that I have that no one else has? Or what did my friends who made billions who have lost it and made it back again? Like one of my friends, he made billions twice, and I say three times in five years and lost it twice. And the one thing I studied was what is the one thing that enables someone? A lot of people talk about mindset and everything else. I think I think people with unhappy marriages, drunk, drugs, or everything, they still made it. The worst mindsets ever, and they still make billions or millions of dollars. So I'm like, that's not the secret. The secret is gonna be something else. And what I found it was is the ability to instill trust, make people follow your vision. Whether that's yeah. a client or whether that is a relationship or whether that's um, employees, they have to be able to command a lot of trust in order to make things move in the right direction towards their vision. So I know we don't want to give away too much of the book because people should buy this book, but what would you say are your top tips in terms of how to how to build trust, how to have somebody trust you in an authentic way? To me, the first thing is about consistency. Uh, right, a consistency of showing up in a way that no one else shows up and being creative. My favorite book in marketing is called Get Different. Also, the second one would be um, Purple Cow. The way, if you're not different, you're going to blend in with everyone else. It's not going to stand out, and therefore, you're going to lose it. The hardest thing in marketing is to grab attention. If you can grab attention, and then you can get the opportunities, as I said, you can keep that trust. You can start now going forward. It's like even the blue check on social media, people only want it because it lets you get into the um, inboxes and people see it, we're going to reply to you. That's what it's really good for, more than anything. Okay, so um, yeah, let's talk about that blue check. It's so fascinating because I remember when we spoke about a month ago, we were talking about this blue check and it's so crazy because years ago, nobody cared about, like, what was a blue check? There was no Instagram, there was no Facebook. It's a blue check, but it really makes a difference. Yes, it does. It makes a tremendous difference because it's like a status. People always buy or make decisions based on status. That's what I've found. Mm. People buy or see status in different ways. Status isn't built just on financial. It can be built by association, basically. Status by being in Forbes or being on CNN is one form of status. Another one is who's your partner? Do they dress well? The clothes you buy or the watches you wear, it's not, or jewelry you wear, it's another way of form of status. Status comes in so many different forms. The best way I like to put it is if you look at college, people want to go to the Ivy League. Why? It's the status of being in the Ivy League and also the networking. Yes. And when we were talking, we were talking about how your net work is your net worth. And yeah. I think there's a lot of truth in that. But it's, it doesn't have because some people might think that it's a, a superficial thing but it's not because these are people that, that are working hard so you want to be surrounding yourself with these go-getters it's not necessarily all about money it's about living a certain lifestyle and giving back and being in service also well for me i like the way i see status is it gives me the options like a lot of people talk about creating a business or something for freedom i actually probably say i have less freedom the more money i make but i get more options in my life mm. For me, it's all about options. I want to be able to pick and choose what I want in my life. Even if it means I give up certain things. You, you want something, you can give up something else. It's the way of, it's the laws of nature. But I want to be able to choose what I give up or not give up. Mm-hmm. Yes, options. I like, I like that. See, that sets you apart. You're the purple pick. Because you're right. People say money is freedom. And I love that you, you, you're adding the spin to it, that it's actually options. I like that. 
And what's coming to me about that is it's this abundance mode versus scarcity and lack mode. Because when you're in scarcity and lack mode, you don't feel like you have options. You feel like you do things out of fear versus this abundance mode, options mode. And that's yeah. what that's what we're talking about. Yeah, like sometimes I do certain deals. I will own my profit margins and on my other business where I can get money more immediately because I need it immediately. And that gives me the option to now decide how I want to make a different investment. So I rather have options versus freedom. I love it. I love it. That's your next book. Options versus freedom. <laughs> actually, I might make it a book. That's a good one, actually. See, we're, we're, we're working together. Yeah. Okay. So as I, as I was telling everybody... I have never spoken to a man who has the most unique, genuine, authentic ways of treating a lady to make her feel special. So I want you to share with our audience, what are some things that you do? And you are in a current relationship. What are some things that you do for your lady currently that you've done in the past that you're going to continue to do to make her feel special and to build that trust, that authenticity? authenticity that connection in your relationship so my first thing i like to do is order flowers every week a bouquet of 50 flowers with blooms every single time amazing if i do that every week it is consistency and you can put it even like you don't have to even put the effort in you can literally just tell the flower florist hey i want to pay for four weeks up front get it every week this time and we'll do it for you you can negotiate again it's all about options all you can do is just message them every week I personally message them every week because I like to quite a new message every single week based on how relations appear. That want. was my question. Do you what is do you give a specific creative, authentic message every week? I do. You That's do. That's my favorite thing to do. Is I like to give an authentic message. So you actually like the message more than the flowers, and I like to give it the flowers first because it makes them more receptive and feel love. And then when she's the message, it, it hits deeper. Okay, so you're big into. Flowers and balloons at the same time, same delivery. Yeah. One so the heart shaped balloons are actually right there. They're heart shaped balloons. Heart shaped balloons. Did you say they're over there? Yeah. Well, let's, see over there. Let's, let's see them. Let's see them. All right. Yeah. I can see like two of them. Oh. And what day? Do you have a specific day that they're that these things are delivered? No, I will order it based on different um, days every week because I don't ever want to predict. So I'll okay. take every month I don't want to. I don't like it to be um, predictable. But if you think you're gonna have a hard time to make it um, variety and, and, and thing, then just fine, just do it that way. But I like to do it different days, just so you never expect when you're gonna get it. And do you feel like her gratefulness level is high? Like she expresses. It's improved that relationship drastically. That has. Say that again. It's improved the relationship drastically. Okay. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about gratitude. It's also about becoming essential. My entire feeling in life is if you're not essential, you're replaceable. I and mean, then there's not many people that can go out and do the extra mile. It's not even about going the extra mile because it's so far for the other person that no one else will ever do it for you. Yes. So my parents have been married for over 51 years. And this is something that I believe that they both do for each other. They value each other. They make each other feel special and they want each other to be so happy. And it seems like you have this in your current relationship. Yes, I do. Yeah. And it's that the going the extra mile, doing the extra thing, being creative, not just sending flowers or receiving flowers and having it say, thanks for being great. 
<laughs> no, let's give a genuine compliment and make it work best. And yeah. that the difference between flattery and compliment, one is intention, as people think, but the difference is, is connecting it to something they can relate to, because then it becomes receptive. Let's talk about receptivity. That is your, that's your third book or maybe your second book. Oh my God. I mean, we talked about for at least 30 minutes about receptivity. That's your thing. Let's talk about it. Okay. So when you, for example, I did a lot of cold calling in my other business, my medical business. That's the best way to drum up business in that business. And I realized when I pick up the phone, cold calling, and people can say it doesn't work. It's made me millions of dollars that it has. Right? And people that had not make millions of dollars of cold calling. It might not be the same thing, but it's about making people want to listen and be open and build on curiosity. The secret in life for this activity is all about curiosity. If someone gets curious, they become, the guard comes down, the wall of resistance comes down. Life is about resistance. So one of my favorite books is called um, The War of Art. Not The Art of War, but The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And it talks about resistance in life in general. So my, I knew when I read that book and I was doing cold calling, regardless, of, and you can take business to relationship and relationship to business. It's all about resistance. If I can bring down that resistance, it'll become much more receptive. Everything comes a lot easier. Okay, so you're breaking down walls. Yes. And then, and then people are more receptive. Specifically in your relationship, you break down the wall. You've got to break down the wall in the relationship even because when you break down the wall in the relationship, what happens is people then are willing to listen to what you have to say. Like in an argument, most of the time people clash heads and they're not willing to settle. So for me, what I prefer to do is go for a walk for a bit, come back and clear my head, and then talk in a much more neutral tone. Tonality is so important because you can say the same thing and it can mean something completely different the way you say it. And therefore, when you do that, if you say it the wrong way, even if you mean something well, it's going to go down wrong and it's taking it wrong, and therefore it's going to go completely different. Yes. And along these lines, I always say that that it's about judgment. If you are judging, the other person is not going to be receptive. But if you just say, this is how I'm feeling, then the other person, yes, of course, in an immature way, they could say, you shouldn't feel that way or don't feel that way. But a mature person would say, okay, I hear you and I see you and I validate how you're feeling and what you need to say. Versus if you go to somebody with a judgment, you're a horrible person, you did this, you did that, then they're going to be defensive and not receptive. I'm going to actually take it one step further about judgment. I would say people are always very judgmental. Everyone judges every decision we make, regardless of what we do or don't do, and every message and everything we say. The difference is, do we accept it or do we condemn it? The condemnation is the problem, not judgment. Okay. Okay, I hear you. So you're saying acceptance is a big yeah. thing. And I totally agree. Actually, acceptance is the first, what I've heard is acceptance is the first law of spirituality. It is really important in our own lives and in our relationships to accept. So I love that you're saying that. I do believe, so, and I also hear what you're saying about how as humans, we, we tend to judge. However, I do believe that with some practice and some training ourselves, Yes. What you're saying is we might in the moment at first make a snap judgment, but I do believe that if we catch ourselves, we can get into more of a loving mode versus a judgment. Right. What I'm saying is judging and condemning is slightly different. We all have to oh, yeah. decision 
or we're going to embrace it or we're going to reject it. So to me, right, like the way I would put it is like we all would judge like, oh, we don't like you doing certain things or we like we judge the way we smell. But do we accept the person's smell or do we reject the person's smell? Like, for example, going back to the gym and you don't really shower, you're not going to like the smell. You're going to condemn that smell or you're going to tell them to go shower. But it's, it's just um, thing. It's a judgment, but it's not But it's not really a judgment to the issue. It's, a condemn, it's condemning them. We're condemning what we don't like or rejecting what we don't like, mm-hmm. if you want to put it that way. Right. And a relationship where there's rejection, like you're condemning somebody, there's contempt, there's resentment. Those are all very low vibrational energy things that a relationship will literally, it will crumble or it won't. And two people will be miserable for the rest of their lives. So that's why I help people to, and it sounds like you do a wonderful job of this to get very aware. Am I, am I having trouble accepting? If you're having trouble accepting and you don't see yourself ever accepting this person, who they are, what they bring to the table, then there's no way that it can be a successful relationship. Yeah, you can't. You have to accept. Like, a lot of people go into relationships with, how to put it, with an idea. I always say they have a fantasy that they fall in love with. They don't choose to validate the idea fully. If you don't validate the idea, how are you going to know what you really want? And you need to know your deal breaker because you need to know what you're going to reject. For example, I have certain deal breakers. Like, And it's fine for me. It doesn't work for me. For example, I got weak lungs when it comes to cigarettes for some reason. I've been around, my friends were smoking, I had to stop being hanging around when they were smoking. It makes me cough really badly and it gives me like almost an asthma. I can do, being minus 30, I'm fine. I literally had my doctor test this as well. And it literally, I have functional medicine, doctors test everything for me, so I got my baseline KPI. For some reason, when I have my cigarettes, I end up really having a problem with coughing. So a deal breaker to me is cigarettes. Well, other people wouldn't be a big deal and that's fine, everyone has their own reasons. But then for another one, for example, a deal breaker for me, this is my deal breaker, regardless of cheating. I will never accept cheating, which is up to other people. But for me, everything else, like in the past, I don't care. Like a lot of things, like I will look over most criminal things. Not that my partner has that, but the point is, I don't care about most things. It's like people make mistakes when we're younger. We experiment, we do things, we make mistakes. There's very few things I would probably condemn if you're talking about a criminal along the lines of crime. Wait, so you're saying that someone can be, if they could have been in jail, but as long as they don't cheat on you, you're cool. It depends what they're in jail for. Like, it depends on the age as well when we did it and what the circumstances were. Nothing is so black and white because what if they were really struggling and they had a hard time or we got fined or something else? There's so many things that we don't know about the situation. Right. So okay. to me, is I don't bait judgments. I will accept a lot. I'm very accepting. I'm also very cautious. I know... I want to get the entire um, story and picture. You, if you're not accepting and you're going to make someone feel like you're going to condemn them, they're not going to open up. You'll never get the full story. You have to be very open-minded in order to really understand the full story so you can decide, do I really want to allow this or not? And what's coming to me right now is all about shame. When you, you're saying condemning, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking shame. And for... For anybody to feel shame, it's probably one of the worst feelings in the whole world. And a lot of people have done a lot of work on themselves to not feel shame. And then if you enter into a relationship where the person that you're with is making you feel shame about anything and trying to make you feel bad about yourself, that's just not conducive to happiness, to a happy, loving, supportive, unconditionally loving relationship. 
And I don't think you should be in a relationship if you can't accept their worst, right? A lot of people like, you have to accept me at their worst. You need to accept them for what they're worth, their worst. You need to be your best self for this person and you need to love them for the five love languages. We're humans with needs. We all have human needs, all have love language needs, right? We may have dominant love languages that we want to be loved through, but we still want to be loved for all five love languages. So with the five love languages, it's like, the way we receive things, the way you're going to receive one love language is going to be different from how someone else receives it. And it's about learning to <laughs> meet the needs, make them feel comfortable, make them feel safe, showing them love through the five love languages every day. You can do that because they may not cheat on you, but they're going to find that love elsewhere, whether that's a family or a friend or someone else. And you can call it an emotional affair if you want to. Some people go through that route but never have a physical affair. To me, you really have yourself to blame most of the time if you, that person's having an affair. Because either you made a poor judgment where you knew that person probably gonna act in that way regardless, or you didn't really meet the person's needs because you were too busy to start to your own self, versus trying to focus on unity and harmony together. So speaking of all languages, I'm so, I'm so happy you brought them up because as you were talking about the flowers and the balloons before, I was thinking about love languages and gifts. So what would you say is your strongest, would it be gifts? My strongest love like language for me to receive personally is touch. But for me to give is actually, so my partner, she likes acts of service the most. Acts of service. Okay. Um, And then what is your, what's your girlfriend's? No, hers is acts of service. Mine is touch. Oh, hers is acts of service and yours is touch. touch. But what about gifts? You obviously like gifts. I like to do all five as well. So when I design gifts, I try to personalize it and I try to make it an experience as well. So you can do acts of service by, for example, a massage is also going to be a gift. You can set the massage up and you can set someone else up with dinner as well. So you can create quality time and you can set that date up also with, um, what's it called? Aside from gifts. Um, you can also organize stuff like where the house is getting cleaned or laundry getting done while you're away. Call home and clean or a personal thing, a shop or whatever you want to do. You can create and stack multiple love languages together called stacking. So you can yeah. stack multiple love languages in a day in one process and flow naturally. And it will be so easy. What's coming to me right now, or just about this whole umbrella of love languages and that you want to incorporate all of them, is that you are very conscious and aware of prioritizing your relationship and prioritizing the person that you're in the relationship with, which I think a lot of people lack. Like I have this thing where I say the most important, it's ATV, it's authenticity, trust, and valuing each other. And the value, that's what this, it, like this is, you are, you preach and you teach and you, and you are showing to value who you are with and to make them feel valued. Well, the way I said it earlier is about priority. Well, you said it better than I did. Priority is one, but it's also about meeting the needs. If you don't meet the needs, like I have a lot of friends, including myself, actually, made a lot of money, ended up divorced. Why? Because we made everything sacrifice to build this, what we think is ideal lifestyle, to be able to take care of our partner at the time. And in the process, you don't spend time, quality time, which I think is one of the most important things. You don't have a common goal, common values anymore. Because the process of running a multi-million dollar business or billion dollar business changes as you go up to scale in business. It's going to change. Your value is going to change. Your friendship is going to change because of the values. A lot of people think that money changes who you are. Or, and a lot of other people say that money will reveal who you are. 
But I actually think your values only change based on the circumstances and experiences you go through. And it's not about money, it's the experiences that you go through when you use that money is actually going to change who you are and the values that you're going to have. Yes. And ideally, when you have more money, like I was saying, being of service, you will be philanthropic and you will give back. You won't all of a sudden become more more greedy or or um, or cockier, condescending. Yeah. Hopefully you won't. And then also, here's the other problem. Is there's more stress. Like when you get more of something, there's always going to come more of something else comes with it. you got a better relationship, there's going to be more people, friends are going to be jealous of your relationship. Mm-hmm. like just people don't realize like people are not actually that happy in their relationship generally so when they see someone very happy they get jealous and they can actually sabotage it's this really weird funny thing yes and that's why i mean just as a as a spiritual thing we need to to protect our energy protect ourselves and i love when we spoke um briefly before you were just saying that you're a private person i think that that is brilliant i think it's really important to keep our relationships sacred and to protect them. So I, I think it's wonderful. And at the same time, it is wonderful when people are very open on social media and they're vulnerable and everything. But I think that there is a fine line. Like there are certain things that you, you do want to keep sacred and special. I think not to keep it sacred and special. I think it's also about protecting your energy. Spending time is energy that you can, it's about energy management. And I value energy more than most people value it. So it's like, even when you travel, like a lot of people are like, Amy, why do you spend so much money on hotels? I'm like, it's because of the energy of the hotels, even the suites. I, I will pay, I will pay $100, $200 to the staff at the front desk. Again, I'm going to a nicer suite and be in a nicer room because then it's, the energy is different. Yes. Oh my God. So would you say you're an HSP, highly sensitive person? Yes and no. So I'm highly sensitive to the people I care about, and I'm highly sensitive to energy. Um, I can feel energy very strongly. Like in the mild radius, I can feel pretty much everyone's energy. Yeah. Um, before the earthquake, um, <laughs> hit, hit, well, was that a couple of weeks ago? I knew it was going to hit. I just slept and um, for the earthquake, and I just literally ate my food the other time it hit. I'm like, there's no point. Like everyone normally panics when they can feel things going to happen. For me, yes, I feel it. But I also calculate very quickly. Like, because I'm on the ninth floor out of 14 floors, I'm like, with the earthquake. If I jump out the building, I'm going to break my legs with the earthquake. If I go in the elevator, it's going to collapse. I'm going to go all the way to the bottom, I'm dead. If I go up the stairs and the thing collapses into the bottom, and if I go down the stairs, I've got more weight on me. I might just stay here for a couple of minutes. <laughs> like, you just got to relax in the moment and trust your intuition, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. My intuition and my brain work together, and I think very quickly, like, what is the best course of action for survival? And I've got to trust my intuition. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all about intuition, 100%. I t- it's my favorite topic. Um, okay, we have a few more minutes. Um, when's your birthday? July. Did we talk? You're are you a Cancer? Yes. Okay, I think we talked about that already. <laughs> Not surprised. It's amazing. Um, one more thing, and then I want you to tell everybody how they can find you. Can you please um can you please talk about the food that you deliver to your girlfriend every day? What did I do? What? So I didn't hear you. Kind the of food. The food delivery. Oh, yeah. So when she was in a different country, what happened is, is how I was going to compete with everyone who wanted their attention and caught her when I'm not there to take her out. 
So what I designed it, it was, and I do this anyways now, is I order her food every single day. Whenever Melissa was hungry, she was tasting hungry, I'd order her food because I knew what she liked. And it made me stand at the top of mind. It's like, you're at the top of mind, it's awareness, and it's also taking care of her needs. You make it feel secure. You, and then the day, again, talking about receptivity. If you're hungry, we call it hangry a lot of the time, you, you're not going to be as receptive. But when you are full, happy, you come much more receptive. And when you show consistency, not just one time, but constantly and consistently, what happens is you're making the person feel wanted, needed, and taking care of their needs. And then it's biological. We want both men and women. I don't care what any of the guys said. It's true. Men will be taken care of as well. Like you go back to the um, caveman times or ancient times, after the battles or, or hunting and stuff, they were tired, they wanted rest and to be looked after. Like, the, the more money you make, the thing I actually value the most is the home-cooked meal. That's the funniest mm-hmm. thing. Like, I don't care for the watches, the private jets. I do it sometimes, but it's not what I care about. Like, people buy me stuff, I don't care about it. But the home-cooked meal goes way more for me. And it's about taking care of the needs and making it personal and something you need to between you and that person. Well, food, people say food is love. And I know that that when I cook for my husband and my son and they say thank you, or oh, it's usually my husband that will say, okay, no, let's say thank you. It it really warms my heart because it's it's like it's a win-win for everybody. They're enjoying this food that I put love into, and I get to feel so happy that I made them happy and feel loved. Yeah, it's about making them feel loved. And it's about, again, like when you order someone food as well. Now, this is more of a darker side to it, but I'm going to say the thing is they become, how to put it, it's the right word. They want to reciprocate. So what, what I, don't, I don't want things back. What I prefer is the idea of having quality time. Quality, so my love language, it goes touch, access service and quality time are equal, these two. So love is first and these two are equal. And then I don't know what fourth, I don't really care about words of affirmation gifts too much. But... <laughs> These two is what I care about. So I would ask for quality time while she was enjoying her food and we'd just do things together, something small. And yeah. you build that bond and connection. Like food, is it normally when you're in person, you eat together, you spend time together to connect. So for me, I'm like, look, when you're eating, I just um, sit with you and we enjoy. Like we haven't... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Breaking bread together. Yeah. Um, and, and just another example of how, like... If my husband does on um does the dishes, it's that same thing where does the um loads the dishwasher, unloads it. it it just makes me feel taken care of. Or if he's at Whole Foods and he says and he's at he's FaceTiming me at the deli counter with all the different things, it's such a little thing, but I'll be like, Yeah, I'll take some chicken salad or that pasta salad. And then it's it yeah, it's thoughtful. And so, anyhow, yeah, and it keeps going. And then you want to do more for them. They want to do more for you, blah, 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 et cetera. It's a cycle. Yeah, it's about creating that cycle or continuum because it's very easy to get off the cycle. You can break the cycle so quickly that you drift apart, right? The yeah. secret is not to drift. And the way you, you don't drift is, is that, well, one of my favorite quotes is this, where, where um, energy goes where attention is. If you don't give yeah. the, the partner the attention that they need, some people will need more attention and more energy than others. And that's fine. You've got to learn to manage what is it that can work for you. The healthy equilibrium, not balance, because there's no such thing as balance. Sometimes I'm working more hours and have less time with my partner. Other times I get more time with her and take more time off. Like for this next week, I'm busy tomorrow, like all day. I've got like 18 hours worth of calls to do. 
but on, on Saturday, I'm with her the whole time. So yeah, it's equal, it's equilibrium as well. It's not about balance. Like sometimes I get any time of her on a day. So other times I will find ways to give, make up things and give her love for different ways. I love it, but you're being thoughtful and prioritizing. Okay, so we are out of time. Please, how can people find you? Website, Instagram, etc. You way. can find me on Instagram or my website is Imi Tarek, literally I-M-M-Y-T-A-R-I-Q, and that's it. Okay, perfect. And thank you so much for joining us. Everybody can always find me at therelationshipexpert.com. Thank you again. You're amazing. And this is a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, you're just, you're extraordinary. Um, okay. And everybody, please join us every week on at Love Talk Live on Ally Talk Radio, 2 p.m. Pacific on Mondays. Thank you, everybody. Bye. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.